Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Those that tunes in, 
uh, to this broadcast, I want to speak to every child that is present. If you're 50 and your parents, mothers or fathers alive, you're still a child. You still are your parents' children. So that's I'm speaking to everyone that is a parent, and I'm speaking to everyone that is still a child. So if your parents is alive, you're still a child, even though you may be 50, or 40, or 30, or you're still a child to your parents. Let's look at this 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 relationship thing that God has established uh, in the earth realm for you and I to relate from a kingdom perspective. Yesterday was Mother's Day. Yesterday, a lot of mothers went out to dinner. Yesterday, a lot of uh, many mothers were showered with gifts. Many mothers was uh, received flowers and and uh, um, different kinds of gifts. I'm going to say candy, uh, candy cakes, and all this other stuff. So, uh, I pray that you enjoy it yourself. Now, we do realize and understand that Mother's Day is not a biblical holiday. Mother's Day is a day that's been set aside to celebrate mothers, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, um, uh, help give perspective uh, and begin to, and I think it's a time to reflect, to see our mothers the way God sees them. Uh, there is absolutely no perfect mother, and so therefore I think the Lord wants to uh, speak to the children of mothers, uh, then we'll get to the mother part. Uh, one of the problems in the body of Christ is a lack of honor. Uh, I don't think too many people know what honor is. Uh, I don't think honor is taught enough. I believe that one of the reasons there's problems of honor in the church is because there's problem with honor at home. Uh, I don't think it's the children's fault directly. Indirectly it is. I believe it's the parents' fault. Uh, God trained Adam. Uh, we ought to train our children to honor us. And that may appear to be arrogant. That may appear to be prideful, but it's not arrogant nor prideful. It is just biblical. The Bible clearly tells us we're to honor our father and our mother. And he says, he added on there, you that you may live long. So, uh, how many parents, uh, I want you to think about this real good, have ever sat down with your children and told your children that according to the word of God, you were supposed to honor uh, me and your mother, or your mother and your father? How many of you have ever sat down and, and, and communicated and taught them how to honor you? I remember how I got on this journey uh, when all of my children was younger, uh, and our oldest daughter was living with us at the time, still in school. And I used to have morning devotion in the morning uh, before they started uh, school. I used to take my family have family devotion. And uh, uh, one particular time, I think this is how it started. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It started out with a scripture, if I'm not mistaken, First John five fourteen. This is how God got me into teaching my children about honor. We was uh, uh, we was on that scripture, and this is the confidence that we have in you, that if we ask anything according to your will, you heareth us. And we know that if you heareth us, we have the petition that we desire of you. First John five fourteen and fifteen just quoted that. Now, when I read that, I quoted it. I don't forget I was reading the quote in it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I asked my girls, now notice what the scripture said, and this is the confidence that we have in you. That if we ask you, God, for anything according to your will, God, you heareth us. That thing hit me. I want every parent, I want every child to listen to the Lord tonight. I stopped and asked my girls a question. Have you ever been afraid to ask me for anything? And all of them agreed, yes, I was afraid. But do you know why my children was afraid to ask me for something? 
Be, think about it. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. I said, you know why you're always afraid? Because when you came to ask me for something, you never came to ask me for something according to my will. You asked me for something according to your will. It was something you want, and that's why you was afraid. That's why you was afraid. Now think about it. If your children know that it is <clears throat> your desire to feed them, would they be afraid to come to you and say, can I have some food? Absolutely not. Why? Because they know it is according to your will to feed them. They know that. So they're not going to be afraid. So so I begin to meditate on this. So then I asked my daughters a question. I said, have you all, since you all have been alive, it's not their fault. It's my, it was my fault, and I pointed it out to them. Since you all been alive, have you ever came and asked me and your mother, your mother and myself, have you ever came to us and said, is there anything I can do for you, Daddy? Mommy, is there anything I can do for you? They, <laughs> they look, I mean, they were looking strange. No. Now think about it, ladies and gentlemen. But we tell our children, the Bible said, honor your father and your mother. Is that true? Absolutely. But why do our children struggle? Our children struggle honoring us because we have never taught them how to honor us. And you want to know why we struggle with teaching our children how to honor us? Because we have never honored our parents biblically. We was never taught. Nobody sat us down. My, I put it this way, my parents said, never sat me down and said, this is how you to honor me. It's like we, we end up developing in our own self a code or a system of honor to our parents in which most likely it's not God at all. Not God at all. Now, then I start teaching my children how to serve me. Now, think about it, parents. I want you, I want you to look at this. And this is why our children and some of you parents is in the condition state that you're in right now because of um, the distorted mentality of relationship we bring into the kingdom of God. Think about it. How many children serve their parents? I guarantee it's in the high 90% of America. Children do not know how to serve their parents. They never have served their parents. Parents serve their children. Parents do what? Serve their children. And that's not the biblical order. Our children should be serving us. Why? Because we God? No. We teach them to serve us. By serving us, they honor us. By teaching them to serve us and honor us, we're preparing them and teaching them how to honor and serve all authorities. And ultimately, God himself. God himself. Why do you think people go on a job? I don't want this job. And the boss say something, they get correct on the job, they're gone. Because they have never, ever learned how to serve. They never develop a servant spirit. Never developed it. And it's not their fault. It's parents' fault. So Mother's Day was yesterday. So here it is. Tell you what you did. Some of you all brought your mother a card, made your mother a card. Uh, or if they live out of town or they live in town, you gave them some money, put some money in a card. And uh, you took them out to dinner. Uh, or you may have bought them a piece of jewelry or a dress or whatever. Uh, or just called them and said, I uh, love you, I appreciate you, and it's over until next Mother's Day. Let me ask you a question. Did God make mothers? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. This reason shall a man leave his father and his mother. That comes out of Genesis there. God is saying, this reason shall a man leave his mother. But what mother, father and mother was Adam leaving? God. And shall cleave unto his wife. God joined Adam and Eve in holy matrimony. Adam, you are ready. You are fully trained. Now you leave me as your father. You leave me as your mother. And you cleave to your wife. And you two will become one flesh. And what's going to happen, everything I train you in, you will train her. You will train her. Now, going back to this, because I want to read my foundation scripture uh, to you uh, tonight to help us understand where God is going with this here. I start training uh, my daughters to serve me, and they do an excellent job, and to serve their mother. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, ask him anything according to his will, you need to teach your children to ask you things according to your will. But how would they know that if they don't observe you? Teach your children how to watch you. Teach your children how to observe you. Teach your children how to pay attention to you. And, and tell you the truth, my, especially the two at home here, they do an excellent job. Very observant. Of me and a mother. Excellent job. And uh, uh, always coming. I'm in my office at the house here. Daddy, you need anything? I'm in, in, in my media room, which my wife called my man cave. Daddy, you need anything? My wife will ask me, do I need anything? And my wife does an excellent job modeling before my two daughters how to serve me. My wife serves me very well. So she models that. And so my daughters uh, is being trained uh, how uh, trained and being raised up to be able to serve their husbands, ultimately to serve God, really. They need to learn to serve God before they serve their husbands. And so uh, uh, as they learn how to practically serve their parents, they will practically and spiritually know how to serve God. And so... What is happening here? My, uh, I, I remember uh, every once in a while my youngest daughter, She, when I'm uh, on my way home, uh, she would ride with me home. On the way home, she asked me a question. She said, uh, Daddy, do you see anything in my life that I need to come up in? She said, that blessed me to hear uh, my children ask me these kind of questions. My other daughter has asked that too uh, before ecstasy. I don't know if Ebony ever asked me that. She have. I don't recall. Uh, she don't stay here with us. Uh, she uh, uh, have own place. So uh, um, we don't get a chance to see her that much uh, like every day like we used to. So uh, they ask me these questions from time to time, anything you see. So I share with uh, uh, my youngest, Imani. Um, sweet, I think you can uh, develop in uh, serving in a greater way. I said, you do okay. I said, but true servant, servanthood, service is not done uh, as a result of um, uh, uh, convenience. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was the word I used. You don't serve out of convenience. True servant is sacrificial. I said, let me give you an example. There's times I call you to ask you to do certain things for me. Now, if you watching television, oh, you do it, but I can pick I can pick you up. I sense you that I can pick you up, and I know you have an attitude. And there was times I confronted, oh, I don't have an attitude, Dad. And that's what amazed my children, that I stopped being who I am when I come home. I'm only a man of God can sense and pick up things when I'm at church. But they know that this is a lifestyle for me, so they know now. And uh, they'll call, always come back. And apologize. I want to apologize for having an attitude. <laughs> but anyway, I said service is not done uh, uh, out of convenience. So when you come and ask me if there's anything you can do for me and I don't need anything, think about it. You're not watching television at the time. You're free at this time. You're not engaged in anything. But can you have the right attitude and the right disposition when I ask you to do something for me? 
and you have the right attitude, disposition, because you'll develop a servant spirit and a servant heart. And she asked me a question. She said, well, Dad, how do you develop that? Isn't these some interesting questions? It sound like an adult would be asking an adult, and this is how this little girl is. She's really not a little girl, but God has really graced her. Uh, she said, how you developed it? I said, look at it this way. See, parents, Jesus lived in us as wisdom. And whatever question our children ask, Jesus have the answer. The spirit of the living God would take the fullness of Christ. Oh, oh every answer is in Christ. Everything we ever need is in Christ. And the Holy Spirit wants to extract that out of Christ and then articulate to that to your children. So she said, how you, well, how you, Developed it. I said, think of it this way. Paul made a statement in the Word of God. He is a bond slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some translate it. He's a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. So think about a slave. A slave understands that he or she have absolutely no rights. They've been bought. So if their master asks them to get up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, they say, I want you to fix me some breakfast. Will the slave get an attitude? Absolutely not. Because they know they was purchased to do this. They was purchased by their master to serve their master. So they're not going to be complaining. They're not going to mumble. They're not going to grumble. They're going to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. That's all they're going to say. Because they know that they have absolutely no rights. They was purchased. They was purchased. Now, a bond slave is a free slave that don't want to be free from its master. He's free. He can choose to leave the plantation but, or, or, or the household of the master, but he make a, he, he make a decision. I'm not, I don't want to go. I want to serve you all the days of my life. That's what a bond slave is. We get a chance to do a study on a bond slave. And, uh, uh, but they know that they're there for the pleasure of their master. One o'clock in the morning, Three o'clock in the morning, it does not matter. I'm here for my master. I say, if you start thinking of it this way, that a true servant, regardless of what you're engaged in, regardless of what you're doing, you understand, I live for the success of my parents. I sacrifice myself to bring pleasure to my parents. But it's the opposite, and 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 we're gonna look at look at some some characteristics uh, um, uh, tonight. Why children should honor their mother, really their parents. But since this is Mother's Day just passed, excuse me, we want to focus on mothers. We want to focus on mothers. So I begin to share with about a, a, a bond servant, and, and watch this right here. Look at all the things that mothers really do in the household, supersede the majority of men. My girls are with my wife, uh, used to be, still is, really. Uh, my girls are with my wife more than they are with me. They spend more time with her than they do with me. She the one since my uh, middle girl driving now, but Kathy the one did all the running around, taking them to dance practice, this uh, swimming practice, this practice, that practice, and this, that, that, what, ripping and running. How many children ever sit, stop, and take a break and meditate how their mother rips and runs hither and thither? When they need, when they need clothes, who go and buy their clothes? My wife does. Every once in a while, I go with them. Just spend time with them as a family, whatever the case may be. And now uh, God has graced me in that particular area to be able to uh, uh, pick up clothes and things. So I do it every once in a while. But it's my wife. It's Kathy. She's the one that uh, 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 take them shopping. Uh, uh, she's the one that re- uh, let me know what's going on with them. She the one let me know so, uh, so-and-so needs another pair of shoes. Or she'll let me know. My wife, she informs me everything. And, and I don't want this to be graphic, whatever the case may be. I'm the authority of this household. And I'm responsible for my wife and I'm responsible for my daughters. Uh, uh, she don't do it as much now, but but when when my daughter's period first came up, she would let me know that their period was on. 
and uh, 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 she don't do that anymore. But when it's when especially when it first happened, I'm responsible. I need to know what is going on in my household so I can properly keep my wife and my girls covered. And we need to talk about those 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 kind of things. I want uh, this is not a a child's thing because I'm going to begin to articulate about how I communicate with my, my girls about relationships. I talked to them intimately about how I was before I got saved. I talked to them about how men think, what men is looking for, how men uh, 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 values young ladies that respect themselves. Uh, I began to share certain experiences I had when I was in school and the experience I had when I was a sinner in, in, in the street, things I looked for. I shared with my daughters. I would never. I used to be in the club. Two and three o'clock in the morning. It's, if it wasn't a woman in that club, I knew I was going to marry. That's the way uh, uh, the average man thinks that want to be somebody. I said, I wouldn't have never marry any of them ladies in the club. Because if they in the club two or three o'clock in the morning, and a lot of them had children, why would I want to marry somebody that values having a good time more than their children? And I know I value family. See, I, I talk to them about those kind of things, carry themselves uh, as a young lady. Um, share with them the distinction between a woman and a lady. Tell them there's a distinction in a woman and a lady. Talk with them when they go out in the public about carrying themselves a certain way, being lady-like. So, so that's my responsibility. That's my wife's responsibility, and my wife is my helpmate. But she, since we got all girls, uh, she spends the, uh, the, the most time. And my wife should be honored greatly because of the great sacrifices that she make on the behalf of these girls. And and I think she does an excellent, excellent job. Now, uh, uh, honor goes beyond uh, just uh, looking at saying some things. Let's look at a scripture here that I brought out. Well, I brought out one scripture yesterday, and God just, just shifted and, and moved a different direction. But I want to look at the book of Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 28. Uh, that's the verse I gave, and uh, I want to give it to you to, today. And if and, and some of you all, ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. When it comes down to honoring your parents, it has absolutely nothing to do with them being perfected. Your parents have made great mistakes, and so have you if you're a parent. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there is, uh, I heard a young man uh, share this. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this from him. Tell me if there is a how-to-do book on parenthood. If there's a how-to-do book and we can use that and, and, and become perfect parents, I'm telling you that's a multi-billion dollar book. Could no one know why? Because everybody's different. Every child is different. Every parent is different. If any of you all got more than two children, both of those children is different. They are not the same. I got three girls. All three of them is different from each other. All three of them, personality is different. And I tell you, God have a job, don't he? That's why he's sovereign. He's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He's God. And so <laughs> it takes the Holy Spirit to help us be able to do this thing. But look at this, if you will. Proverbs 31, uh, verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. I know I'm not going to have time to finish this uh, uh, tonight, but let's break this down. Now, ladies, I, I need you to understand this right here. I'm talking to every lady that desires to be a mother one day and every mother. We must not forget there is an enemy, an enemy to mothers, an enemy to fathers, an enemy to husbands, an enemy to wives. There's an enemy. You think the devil wants you to be a mother? Do you think the devil wants me to be a father? Absolutely not. So his ultimate goal is to try to block that and stop that and pervert that, distort that as much as he can. And 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 I want every Child, when we finish this day, you, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be, do better. You're going to do better because we gotta do better. 
You don't honor, once again, your, your parents at, because they're perfect. There is no perfect parents. If we are born again, we have the perfect one living on the inside of us. Your parents make some mistakes. So the Bible never told you to honor them because they were perfect. The Bible never told you to honor them because they're good all the time. The Bible said, never told you to honor them because they make the right decisions all the time. It didn't tell you that. Your honor, you, you honoring them is for you. It's for your destiny. It's for your purpose because you're creating your own future. And matter of fact, I, I put it go further than that. You are creating the kind of children that you're going to have. I'm going to say it again. You are creating the kind of children that you are going to have based on how you honor your parents. And he said, but man, I, I, didn't, you know, I, didn't, I didn't honor my parents. I didn't either. I didn't know how. My father was an alcoholic. My mother is very dominant. Because she had to be hard and raise seven children based by herself. So I never, I don't think I ever, 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 ever heard my mother ever tell me she loved me. My father tell me she, he loved me when I was growing up. She said, now she she tell everybody, well, I, I tell my children all the time. And we look at each other and say, Mom, we don't say anything to her. We know she got amnesia. Concerning that, we never got that. And when you don't get that, what happens, you usually go somewhere looking for it because all of us was created by God to be loved. Every human being on the face of the earth was created by God to be loved because God is love. And every human being needs love. Every human being needs love. But since we don't understand love, then what happens, we go looking for love somewhere else. That's why people get on drugs and get involved in illicit uh, sexual activities because you're really looking for something, really trying to discover yourself. And every child's discovery should be at home. Your children's identity should be discovered by the proper relationship with a uh, father and mother. You need both of them. In America, we have more single-parent women raising up households than fathers. And we tell me we don't want to honor mothers in this nation, come on, come on, come on. Let's look at the scripture. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Now, why? Why is this right here? First of all, a biblical mother, and, and, and listen to me. I don't want no conviction here. We make adjustments. That's why the word of God is our roadmap and our manual for becoming men and women of the most high God. Now, the reason this right here, this particular woman here, the Bible calls her a virtuous woman here in Proverbs 31. But we just want to focus on uh, uh, her children, rise up and call her blessed. And the reason is this right here, because this mother has come to the place, and she's satisfied with her position. She enjoys and executes a role that God has assigned to her. And as a result, her children rise up and call her blessed. Now, I want every mother to listen to me. Now, we may have some mothers on this line that is called into the ministry. We may have some mothers on this line that is preachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, whatever your title may be. Uh, uh, um, um, what's the other title that we see a lot of? Uh, uh, missionaries. Uh, uh, you may be a missionary. You may be called an elder or called a, a minister or whatever. I want you to hear my heart tonight. I want every mother hear my heart. I personally believe this is one of the tricks of the enemy that calls you to value ministry more than your number one assignment. Ladies, your number one assignment, first of all, is the, is the ministry to your husband. Your second assignment is your children. You have an awesome responsibility, an awesome responsibility. If uh, your emphasis is more on ministry than your husband and your children, it is not God. You are out of balance. You are out of order, out of balance, and it's not God. There was no ministry until sin came into the world. There was no ministry. There was really no need for a church. 
until sin came into the world. The Bible calls preaching foolishness. Paul, the Spirit of God spoke through Paul. And I see a lot of this. I see, I, I see a lot of the imbalance, imbalance in women's lives because they despise the function that's been assigned to them. They despise it. They despise this kind of woman. This woman was an industrious woman. She was a homemaker. I mean, she was a businesswoman. This woman was bad to the bone. Said nothing about preaching. Said nothing about teaching. None of, none of that. So, so the enemy of the goal is to get you to try to be somebody else in what God called you to be, to try to get you to focus on and develop another function outside of your number one function that God created you to function in. So, first of all, let me ask you the question. Do you, have you accepted your role as a mother and a wife? Number one, have you accepted that? Or are you struggling with being a mother and wife? How many... Forget about preachers. What about your career? I have a career. My career is to be a CEO of a major company. You have to make a choice. I don't know where the Lord's going this route because I showed them sharing this stuff on yesterday uh, uh, while the audience is, is wider and God is speaking. You have to make a choice before you get married. And ask yourself this question. Don't set your husband up for a fault. Don't shortchange your husband. If you cannot function as a wife and a mother to your family, but you can function as a CEO of a company greater than a wife and a mother, it is not God. Because something is going to go liking. And God cannot be glorified in the midst of the marriage because you are not there to give what you need to give to the marriage and to the family, what the family needs for God to be glorified in that family. Now notice what it says. Her children rises up and call her blessed. I thought this was a very interesting word, the Hebrew word for rise. Another translation calls, uh, says arise. You may have different translations. One says rise. Another one says arise up. I thought this was very interesting, the, uh, the definition of the word arise or rise up. It means uh, it is a phrase for going into public. I thought that was very interesting. It is a phrase for going into public. When they were children, they were in privacy. They are rising up to go up into public life is the sign of their having reached maturity. Arising also expresses one an earnest addressing himself to the discharge of a duty. In other words, the children arises and they call her blessed because the children has been discharged in public. And what they have learned in private they are executing it in public, and they're seeing it work, just like it worked for their mother. And now they turn back around and call their mother blessed because what the mother ministered to them in private, they have taken that into the public. They are uh, uh, establishing that, executing that, and now they are seeing the fruit. They are seeing it work. And they turn around and they call their mother blessed. Are you getting this? You ever heard those saying, charity starts at home and spreads abroad? This is what, that's not a scripture, but this is a biblical principle. Everything is done in privacy, and then it comes to light. There's nothing that is secret that shall not come to light. Jesus makes these, these statements in the word of the Lord in the gospel. But this is how it's supposed to work. All training is supposed to be done at home. 
And the training, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna, you, you, gotta, you really got to get this. The training was not so much uh, telling the children what to do. The training really was modeling both for the children. That's what training is. It really is modeling more than telling. My, my parents, more my mother, since she raised seven kids based by herself, it was more of a telling and less training. And but as an adult, I understand my mother because my mother was under a lot of pressure. She used to get beat up every week from an alcoholic father and plus had to maintain a family. A man that gambled all the money and drunk all the money up, his paycheck, so she had to basically work two jobs to take care of seven children. As a kid, we never had a vehicle. Every time my daddy got one, <laughs> he would crash it before the week. He'd get it on Friday, and by Sunday, the cars crashed. So we, we, we had to catch a bus, ride bicycles, walk. So we, we never because of the absence of my father. So my mother became like that because, came hard because uh of the absence of my father, so there was no balance. So here we see that this word arise is a is a, a raising the children in privacy and discharging them. This reason shall a man leave his father and his mother, and he shall cleave unto his wife. When was Adam discharged? Adam was discharged when God took the woman, uh, the real from Adam, made the woman, God did not give Adam Eve until he was fully trained. Until he was fully trained. And who trained Adam? God himself. Then God discharged Adam from that level of relationship he had with God because now he had a wife. So God discharged him to be God over the Garden of Eden. And Adam was to train Adam, I'm um, train Eve the way God trained him. And Adam and Eve was to train uh, Cain and Abel and all the other children. And they was to leave the Garden of Eden and extend the domain of the Garden of Eden. And the whole earth would have been filled with the glory of God. Men and women that is made in the image and the likeness of God. That was God's original plan, ladies and gentlemen. Here's another definition of the word uh, arise or arise. Here, rising up means stir up thyself, uh, excuse me, stir up themselves to pursue the same course as their virtuous mother. I thought that was interesting. This, this definitely, I said, this sounds like discipleship to me. Did not Jesus say, you, the works that I do, you shall be able to do greater works than me? Did he not say, a, a servant is not greater than his master, but he can be as his master? How many how many young ladies own this? And young men, you have some characteristics and some attributes. I'm talking about good quality, not the mistakes. Don't focus on the mistakes of your mother. But focus on those, those virtuous characteristics and attributes your mother had. Is she still alive? Is she still alive that she have now? She's not alive what she had. It's easy to look at mistakes and errors. Everybody got them. But can we can we capitalize on, on on the good qualities? My mother wasn't really an affectionate person, but she was a, she was a, a a kind person. And what I mean by that, she'll feed every, every child in the neighborhood. She did not relate to us properly, and I, I've discovered why because her mother never related to her properly. So she did not relate to us properly. See, so a lot of times we don't look at these kinds of things. Why mama like this? Why daddy like this? You can take a trace right back to their childhood. But look at the good qualities, though. I mean, she worked two jobs so we didn't have to go to uh, uh, be put in the foster home. We could have easily been in the foster home. But she made sure that we were not. And, 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 and think about it. She worked two jobs, and we weren't even on welfare. We weren't even on welfare. And we didn't have the best of anything, but she, she, but we had, uh, uh, she would buy us two or three pairs of pants for school, one pair of shoes. They had to last the whole year. Three shirts had to last the whole year. So can I, can I thank God for her for for that? 
and not all the negative things that uh, characteristics and attributes she has, but what about the good characteristics and the attributes that she has? My father uh, was an alcoholic, but there were some good things about him. There were some good things about him. Can you can you thank God and meditate on the good things and always focus on the negative things? Come on, let's look at let's let's get ourselves together. We're believers. Let's get rid of the unforgiveness, the resentment, and the bitterness. We got people right now today, you're, you're 50, 60, 70 years old, and you still have issues with your parents or your mother that uh, uh, some things they said or did when you were seven years old. When are you going to release that? And your life been on hold that you've been walking with unforgiveness in your heart concerning your mother all these years. And your life been on hold. But once again, I thought this was this, this is good, right? Rise. Here, rising, it, uh, it means, rising up means, stir up themselves to pursue the same course as their virtuous mother. What virtuous characteristics and attributes your mother have? You probably came to think of them, many of you, because you're so focused on the negative. The negative. Listen, your mother has made mistakes. All of us has made mistakes. Let's focus on the, the good characteristics and the attributes so you can bring honor to her. Not on Mother's Day only because the Bible tells us to honor them. The Bible tells us. And there was no Mother's Day back in then. So Mother's Day really should be every day. Should be every day. Let's look at something else. It is her honor that she shall be praised by them that are best acquainted with her and most indebted to her. You ever notice that somebody else seems like they can see the good in your mother more than you? And you say, well, the only reason they, that they see, they don't live with her. I live with my mom. So they don't, they don't know. The only thing they're just seeing is the good part. They don't see the negative part. Stop that. Is it possible that you don't see the good because you're so focused on the negative? I'm going to say again. Is it possible that you don't see the good in your mother because you're so focused on the negative? And if your mother is uh, uh, negative in any kind of way, have you ever stopped back and tried to meditate why she's like that? You're an adult now. It's when I became saved, things became clear to me. My mother, uh, my mother used to kill us. I tell people all the time, if if the laws are, uh, was established back then, they, they are now. Both of my parents being in jail for child abuse. I tell people we used to get killings. We had to go cut our own switches, and not one. We cut three, so she plaked them and so and beat us, and then we'll break, and then make us go take a bath. Whelps all over us, stinging in that water. And nobody said anything when you went to school. Parent, the, the teacher didn't say anything. The person didn't say anything. Oh, they was able to beat us back then. What is how far have we come? Watch this right here. Nobody should bring more honor to your mother than you. Nobody else should give more praise for your mother than you. You don't let nobody out praise your mother. You don't let nobody else out honor your mother. Because that's your mother. That's the one God chose to bring you into the world. That's the one that carried you for nine months. That's the one that, that cleaned your, uh, your dirty diapers. That's the one that fed you. If she breastfed you, she the one breastfed you. Are you getting this? She the one that took you to the doctor, your doctor's appointment. She the one had to go to the uh, drugstore and get medication for you when you were sick. And you have the audacity to have an issue with your mother? When you could not bathe yourself, she bathed you. When you could not feed yourself, she fed you. When you could not clothe yourself, she clothed you. 
and you got an issue now because things did not go your way. You want to know why? Because you never was taught how to honor her. You was never taught how to honor. Selfish, self-centered, self-focused, give me, give me, give me. And now you save and you operate the same way with God. You don't love God. You only love what God can give you. You don't love your mother. You only love what she can do for you. And when she don't do what you want, you get upset. You know why? Because you never learned how to honor her. You never learned how to honor her. And so, therefore, you want her to honor you. You want her to do uh, whatever you want her to do. And I, and, and I make this statement from time to time. The majority of people have absolutely no clue the distinction between love and lust. We live in a world that we brought uh, the definition of love into the church, and the definition of love from the world, world or not a love. God is love. So we bring uh, what we quote-unquote call love into the church, and it don't work. And that's why our relationships don't work. The majority of people don't love God. They lust God. And the majority of husbands don't love their wives. They lust their wives. The majority of wives does not, don't love their husband. They lust their husband. You know what love is? Love is me sacrificing myself for your benefit. Isn't that what mothers do? Sacrifice themselves. But what, you look, what, what mothers do that is sacrificial, you have the attitude, well, you should do it. You're supposed to do it. You're my parent. You're my mama. What nasty attitude. What dishonor, disrespect, ungrateful, unthankful attitude. But that's how this world system is. You know what lust is? Lust is you sacrifice. You do whatever it takes to give me what I need. I don't care how, what it takes. I don't care what kind of sacrifice you got to go through. As long as you give me what I need, that's lust. Some of you don't care if your mama die as long as you get what you want. You don't care if they got to work two or three jobs. You don't care. As long as she give me what I want, give me the money so I can, I can get my nails done, give me the money so I can get my hair done, give me the money to get my pedicure, give me some money to get me some new clothes, give me some money so I can go to the movies, give me some money so I can go out. That's how children operate and think the majority of them today. Lust. They don't care about nobody. They care about their own selves, what they can get, what they need, what they want. So they have a lust relationship and not a love relationship. Love is always sacrificial. That's why God never commanded the woman to love, commanded the man to love. Men are commanded to love their wives. Wives are commanded to respect their husband, to submit to them, to respect them, to honor them. But men is commanded to love. The authority is the one that's always commanded to love. Always. Why? Because they model that. And the purpose of modeling that so they, the people, uh, those that you're loving, will become that. Remember what, what the second definition of rise means? It means stir up themselves to pursue the same course as their virtuous mother. Their lives have been so impacted, but they're seeking the same course. Are you getting this? Second principle. The praise that attends the virtuous mother come for her own children that recognizes that they are blessed of God by giving them a mother of virtue. Praise is the part of the just debt children owe to their virtuous mother. I'm going to read that again, that last part. Praise is the part of the just debt children owe to their virtuous mother. Have you ever stopped and just thought, think, just wait a minute, there's some children that you grew up with that don't even have a mother. Their mother passed away. Their mother died at a young age. Have you ever just stop, just stop, and just, just meditate 
Ask the Holy Spirit, show me the virtuous quality of my mother. And open up your mouth and begin to give God praise. And then you turn around and the Bible says that you ought to praise her. Her children rise up and called her blessed. When was the last time you told your mother she was a great mother? When was the last time you told your mother she was an awesome mother? I ain't never said it. You know why? Because you're so focused on the negative things that you heard your mother say or you've seen your mother do, and it's, over, it's overshattering all the good things that she has done. And even the things that you probably don't even remember, like I said, she carried you for nine months. The only reason you're alive because uh, you was breathing the same air that she was breathing. Every time she inhaled, you inhaled. That air went into that uh, umbilical cord all the way that's connected to you and kept you alive. Every time your mother ate, you ate. I'm going to say every time she slept, you slept, but a lot of times she's sleeping, you woke. You was being nourished by her. You don't remember those things. You was in her womb. You don't remember the times you were sick and you kept her up all night and she had to go to work the next day. You don't remember those times. We need to stop and reflect, ladies and gentlemen. And a lot of times when your mother was upset with you, angry with you, or lashed out at you, you have absolutely no clue what she was going through. And sometimes parents take things out on children. They don't mean to do that. They're just under so much pressure. They're frustrated. They're aggravated. And probably your daddy probably gave her so much hell, but she did not handle it. She did not handle it. And she lashed out at you. She didn't do that intentionally, but the only thing you remember, she lashed out at you. Because you're so selfish, you don't, you don't stop and think, is it possible she did this because she was going through some things? You ever stop that? She was under pressure. You ever stop saying she didn't know how to handle it. That's why she did this. Or that's why she told my uh, grandmama to raise me. Is it possible that she wanted by her doing that, that she saw that your grandmother would have been better for you than her? You don't even see that as an act of love. It wasn't like she just gave you away. She saw that your quality of life would have been better with your grandmother and in her. You need to repent before God and ask God to have mercy upon you and ask God to forgive you for the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the anger that you have in your heart towards your mother. You need to ask God to forgive you for the offense that you have in your heart towards your mother. The Bible says honor them that you may live long on earth. That's a commandment from God. It's not a commandment from your father nor your mother. It's a commandment from God. Honor your mother. Listen, that my mother was more hard on me than she was my other sister. Listen, there's nothing happening in your life that God did not allow to happen. By your mother being harder on you than your other siblings, it's probably because she saw something in you greater than she saw in the other sister. You don't see that's how a parents think. And they're trying to bring the best. They don't know how to bring, but they want the best for you and try to bring the best. And they're harder on you. And I've seen it with my mother. She was harder on my sisters than she was to God, the, uh, my brothers now. And my sister is better to date as a result of that. But she was trying to protect them. She didn't want them to uh, grow up like she did. I think she had, uh, had uh, either her first three children or her first two children out of wedlock. And so she was very strict on my sisters, and it backfired. It backfired. And they became, my older sister have seven children, just like my mother. And all of, and all of her basic adult life, she uh, had children out of wedlock. And then she just got married a few years ago. A few years ago. It had to be in the late 40s. Could have been fifty. I don't remember. Uh, uh, children, and this is—I'm not speaking negative 
concerning my sister. But but I'm looking at because she didn't handle it right. See, the Bible said, judge not that you be not judged. And a lot of children has already set their destiny up, their future up, by judging their parents. Don't you understand? It's coming back to you. It ain't coming to, it's coming, it's going to come back to you greater than it was with your parents. When you judge your parents, whatever, I've never been alcoholic, you will be double, triple an alcoholic. Because you set a law in motion, the law of judgment. Judge not that you be not judged. You have already created your destiny when you judge your authority that God gave you, your parent. And I know some of you have never seen, glory to God, I didn't realize. Man, okay. Right at seven. My watch got is about two minutes fast. I didn't realize. I didn't even get into my, uh, the meat of, of, of what the Lord wants to share with you tonight. But the Lord gave you what he, he wants to share with you. Let's get our hearts clean. It's amazing. We will, we, it's so easy for us to forgive everybody else but those in your own household. Start with your parents. If your father's alive, go to your father. If your mother's alive, go to them. And ask them to forgive you for not honoring them the way the Bible says honor them. Forgive them for the pain they caused you when you was a child. And even since you've been an adult. So me and my mother, we just don't get along. But ask yourself a question, why? Because it takes two not to get along. If your mother don't get along with you, why don't you get along with her? Why? Because your feelings and your emotions dominate you and not the Word of God. The Word of God don't dominate your feelings and your emotions. They dominate you. They control you. Let me pray a prayer of healing for you. I want to lead you into a prayer of forgiveness. It's not God's will that you and your mother be at odds, that there's a vice. It's not God's will. It's not God's will. You can love your mother in spite of your mother. Don't God love you in spite of you? He loves me in spite of me. God haven't given up on me. He haven't given up on you. In the nasty attitudes that you have, you ain't obedient all the time to God. You don't do the right thing towards God, but God don't stop loving you. Let's pray this prayer. Pray this with me, if you will. Say, Father, as I come before you, forgive me, Father, for sinning against you by sinning against your word. Your word says, I shall honor my father and my mother. Father, I have not always done that. Grant me repentance tonight. Grant me to turn tonight. I heard your word tonight. Your word brought conviction to me tonight. And I ask you to forgive me. Grace me to go to my mother. Oh, Father, grace me to go to them and help me to honor them for your glory. Not my mother and father, but because your word said it. And if you give me the grace, I know I'll have the faith to be able to step out and love them and forgive them. And I pray that you will grace them to forgive me for my attitude. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Can you give me one more minute? I was sharing this story with the church on yesterday when I got saved. And I was going back to St. Petersburg, that's where I'm originally from, for a holiday. It could have been Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, I don't remember. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, when you get home, ask your father. Will he forgive you? And I said, forgive me. The Lord said, yes. Forgive me for what, Lord? What I did to my dad? He said, you don't trust people. And this was the result of your father's broken promises when you was a little boy. He began to bring it back to me crystal clear. 
I said, oh, my God, I didn't even realize that was in me, Father. I got home. I asked my daddy. I said, Daddy, the Spirit of God spoke to me and told me to ask you to forgive me. Will you forgive me? He was sober. And he said, yeah, I forgive you. He asked, I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you that. You used to promise me things when I was a little boy. Christmas, you promised me this. Easter, you promised me this. And I said, Daddy, you never came through. And I evidently had that in my heart for God told me to ask you to forgive me. And I thank you for forgiving me today. And I led my father into the sinner's prayer. Now, he didn't live the life as a Christian, but he did make the confession. I don't know how good that's going to go with God. The most important thing, ladies and gentlemen, is the restoration of families. God want to restore you and your family. Go to your mother. It's not Father's Day until next month, but if God spoke to you about your father, your mother passed your father's alive, same principle. Go to them tonight. Call them up tonight. Go by their house. Go to the grocery store. Buy them a favorite gift, a favorite whatever, cake, ice cream. Honor them. With, you don't have to take anything big, but bring honor to them. Try to set a goal that once a week or once a month, depends on your schedule, that I'm going to bring honor to my mother. I'm going to bring honor to my father. I'm going to call them and let them know how much I appreciate them. And, and you don't have to lie. Just think about the good things that they did. I used to hold you to help you to think about the good things. I used to hold you to help you to meditate on the good things that they did, the good characteristics that they have. Actually, help you to meditate, and not the negative. And when you call them, remind them of that. Say, I remember when you 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 would this right. You would feed the children in the neighborhood. I remember the time you sacrificed and you did this, Mama or Dad. I really uh, I'm, uh, appreciative of you. I'm really grateful. I'm really thankful that God gave you to me. Because you could have had a parent that was a murderer. So do that if you will, ladies and gentlemen. This has been your host tonight, Dr. E.J. McKenzie, the Master Key. Let us pray for family. Let us pray that God will restore you and your family, your father and your mother, relationship, and that your relationship with your parents will be greater than it ever been. Try to get them before they die. Try to bring honor to them before they leave the earth realm. I challenge you to do that. God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you. Until tomorrow. Call your family and friends up. We're going to finish this on tomorrow. This has been your host once again, Dr. Jimmy Kinsler, the Master Key. God bless you.